Welcome to Shujin Academy VGM Club. I'm Professor Tom, your faculty sponsor. Two shadowy ninjas meet at midnight in a windswept field. Their steely eyes glare at one another. The mysterious warriors charge and then leap into the air. They draw their deadly katanas. Metal clashes on metal as they duel. And then one of the ninjas falls dead. The opening song for this episode is Duel from the NES version of Ninja Gaiden. And it plays out over an exciting cutscene that happens as I just dramatically described. Ninjas were a big thing in the late 80s and early 90s, and they loom large as both protagonists and villains in video games of the 8- and 16-bit eras. Today's episode is devoted to the sounds of these martial artists as they strike out against their enemies. Our first songs come from the Commodore 64 classic The Last Ninja and its sequel, Last Ninja 2. Ninjas were a fixture in low-budget 80s action movies, and The Last Ninja sounds like the title of one of those films. The songs would fit right in on the score of a low-budget, direct-to-VHS ninja exploitation movie. All these tunes have great synthesizer tones that sound like we're watching the opening credits of a film where a bunch of people are going to get sliced up with katanas. The first song is The Wastelands from The Last Ninja, composed by Ben Daglish and Anthony Lees. We'll also hear The Basement and The Street, both from Last Ninja 2 and both composed by Matt Gray.
talk about ninjas and video games without mentioning everyone's favorite overly licensed ninja property, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. From their humble beginnings as an indie comic, the Ninja Turtles expanded into a mega-media franchise that covered action figures, cartoons, live-action movies, and definitely video games. Lots of video games. There are literally dozens of Ninja Turtle games, but the two that have my favorite soundtracks are the original NES game and Konami's four-player arcade game. My young mind was blown the first time I saw the arcade cabinet's demo cutscene literally recreate the cartoon's opening sequence, complete with the cartoon theme song. In a very smart choice of composing or marketing, or maybe both, the arcade game's soundtrack uses the Ninja Turtles' cartoon theme as a recurring motif. I also spent a lot of time with the NES game. It had a very clever idea to let the player switch between the four separate turtles instead of using a typical system of player lives. It is also hard as nails, and it has a fun little soundtrack. Because the songs for both games are quite short, I'm going to play 12 songs in this next segment, six from the NES game and six from the arcade game. From the NES game, we'll hear Introduction, Streets, Save the Dam, then Building, Sewer 2, and Foot Clan Bass, all composed by Keizo Nakamura. And then, from the arcade game, we'll hear Let's Start, Factory, Fire, Underground, Downtown, and the Krang Boss theme, all composed by Mutsuhiko Izumi and Miki Higashino.
Beginning an arcades in 1987, the Shinobi series chronicles the adventures of ninja Joe Musashi and his descendants as they strive to defeat the Zed crime syndicate and their team of sinister child kidnappers, drug dealers, and other assorted scum. The lineage of sequels in the series is a little confusing. Both Shadow Dancer and The Revenge of Shinobi can lay claim to being Shinobi 2, the first as an arcade release and the second as a release for the Genesis. To make things more complex, Shadow Dancer was later ported to the Genesis, and Revenge of Shinobi was titled The Super Shinobi in Japan, which suggests that it might not have been a sequel at all. The game released in the United States as Shinobi 3 was titled The Super Shinobi 2 in Japan. And things get more convoluted after that. There's a Game Gear Shinobi 2 that is not a port of any of the other games, and a Game Boy Advance game called Revenge of Shinobi that is not related to the Genesis Revenge of Shinobi at all. To keep listener confusion about all this to a minimum, I'll limit myself to songs from what I'm calling the first three games in the series. That means we'll hear BGM2 from the original Shinobi arcade game, composed by Yasuhiro Kawakami. After that, we'll hear Ninja Step, Make Me Dance, and Sunrise Boulevard from The Revenge of Shinobi, all composed by the incomparable Yuzo Kishiro. I'll also be playing Inner Darkside and Izayoi from Shinobi 3 Return of the Ninja Master, composed by Hirofumi Murasaki, Morihiko Akiyama, and Masayuki Nagao.
Are you surrounded by enemies? Need to get out of a tight fix while under attack? Or do you just need to clear the screen and have a breather? Try Ninja Magic. Yes, Ninja Magic will kill everything around you and give you a chance to recover so that you don't lose one of your precious lives. Ninja Magic comes in three delicious flavors. Lightning, Tornado, and a bunch of clones of yourself that bounce all over and stab everything. Try Ninja Magic today. Thanks to this week's sponsor, Ninja Magic. When I came up with the idea for this episode, I went through a big mental list of games that featured ninjas in prominent roles, and several entries on the list were from Street Fighter. The original Street Fighter game featured Geki, a generic-looking ninja who has a fun theme song that I'm going to play for you. I can't mention Street Fighter 1 without mentioning a crazy bit of trivia about it. The prototype cabinet had one punch button and one kick button, and the strength of your punch or kick was determined by how hard you hit the button. The idea of that is so cool, and it's one of the all-time great ideas that did not work out in real life. Capcom reworked things into the now-classic six-button layout we know and love today because players of the prototype cabinet kept hitting the buttons so hard they broke the pressure-sensitive buttons. Geki's theme was composed by Yoshihiro Sakaguchi, who's credited as Yuki-chan's papa and who went on to do a lot more composing and sound programming for other Capcom games. You may recognize him from the credits of Mega Man 2. I am also going to play Guy's themes from Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Street Fighter Alpha 3. The soundtracks from Alpha 2 and Alpha 3 present an interesting contrast. Alpha 2's character themes are reinterpretations of a song from a character's previous appearance. In this case, Guy's theme is a reworking of a song from his first appearance in Final Fight. But for Alpha 3, the composers decided to create entirely new songs that take things in a different direction. See which one you like more. Street Fighter Alpha 2's soundtrack is credited to Sion Nishigaki, Setsuo Yamamoto, and Tatsuro Suzuki, while Street Fighter Alpha 3's soundtrack is credited to five individuals, Takayuki Iwai, Yuki Iwai, Isao Abe, Hideki Okugawa, and Tetsuya Shibata. The records I have show that Yuki Iwai is the one who did Guy's theme. And finally, I'm going to play Twilight, the theme of Ninja Schoolgirl Ibuki from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. For my money, Third Strike has the best soundtrack in the whole franchise, and every one of composer Hideki Okugawa's songs is absolutely out of this world.
In the near future, the President of the United States declares martial law and takes total control of the nation with the support of the military, oppressing all resistance with an iron fist. You may think that this podcast has taken a sudden and unexpected turn into hyperbolic political commentary, but actually I'm just describing the plot of arcade classic The Ninja Warriors. In this game, the evil president Banglar is opposed by a group of brave scientists led by Mulk. The scientists know that they cannot stand against Banglar's power alone, so they build two robots to challenge his tyrannical regime. Robots that are also ninjas! If you're not familiar with the game, the original arcade cabinet used a three-monitor setup to create an ultra-wide playfield. Taito used the same three-monitor ultra-wide cabinet setup for horizontal shooters Darius and Darius 2, and it is definitely a cool experience. You can pick it up for modern consoles as a part of Hamster's Arcade Archives series. The two player characters in Ninja Warriors are a blonde ninja girl in a pink gi named Kunuichi, which means female ninja, and a ninja man in a blue gi named Ninja. Those names may sound like they're not very creative, but I'm going to cut those scientists some slack. They built android ninjas with 1993 technology. I'm going to change up the format of the show just a little and let the songs play us out. The tracks we'll hear are Motherless Children, Japanese Smile, and last of all, Daddy Mulk, all composed by Hisayoshi Ogura. Daddy Mulk is really a standout track. My favorite part of it is the awesome, crazy keyboard drum solo that ends with an applause sample, because Ogura knew that he had made an absolutely amazing song and he wants everyone to appreciate it. If you want to reach me, you can email me at shujinacademyvgmclub at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at shujinvgmclub and on Instagram at shujinacademyvgmclub. Please leave me a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're finding this episode. Special thanks to friends of the show Scott Horberg for a headset and Josh Grisham of Nerd Informants for being the voice of Ninja Magic. Thanks for listening. I'm Professor Tom, and I'll see you next time on Shujin Academy VGM Club.
a revolution broke out, and everything came to an end. The troubled country seemed to be finished by the death of the wicked machines. But peace did not come, because the ninja warriors are the immortal murder machines.